So we're going to start out this morning in John chapter 10. So if you have your Bibles with you, you can go to John chapter 10. And we're going to read verse 3, verse 4, and verse 5. John chapter 10, verse 3, verse 4, and verse 5. So it says this, talking about Jesus. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. I want to read it again. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of of strangers. So often throughout the Bible, God will reference us, his people, as sheep. So we get like these things, like we're the bride of Christ, we're the army of God, we're all these things. And one of the things that we are is we are sheep. In Psalm 100 verse 3, it says, he is our God and we are his people. We are the sheep of his pasture. And so we know in John chapter 10 that he's talking to us as his people, he's talking to us as his own. He's talking to us, the ones he has called out to himself as his sheep. And what I want to do this morning is, is bring an application to the first two verses in verse 3 and verse 4. And it would be this, that verse 3 would be our point of salvation. Where Jesus calls us out, the shepherd comes, we're lost in our sin, we're lost in darkness, we just going our own way, and we hear the voice of one calling us out. And the Bible says that he calls us out, and he leads us out of that place. He leads us out of darkness. He leads us out of a place of sinfulness. And then verse 4, what I would apply to is our current life with the Lord. So he calls us out by his voice. He calls us out of darkness. And now we're all in this place where we are walking with the shepherd. We are walking with the Father. We are walking with God, following His voice, and He's leading us in the way that we should go. And so, the shepherd and the sheep illustration reveals how our relationship with God should work. I'll say that again. The shepherd and the sheep illustration, which Jesus is giving in John chapter 10, reveals how our relationship with God should work. And the first point is this, that the shepherd goes before the sheep, guiding them in the way that they should go. Um, you might have heard this before, but like in South Africa, when we see shepherds, it's often, uh, I had the privilege of growing up on my grandfather's farm in the Free State, it was really, really cool, especially as a young person. But we did shepherding wrong, you know, so we would, we were like behind the cows or the sheep, we would like run behind them, like threatening them, throwing stones and sticks and stuff like that, trying to get them to like behave themselves and go, in, but they never would. You know, and one would go this way, and, one, and you run after it, and you threaten it, and it goes that way. But anyway, back in, in the Israeli culture, the shepherd would actually walk ahead of the sheep. And so he would walk, and the sheep, he would call out to the sheep. This is what Jesus is saying in the scripture. He would call out to the sheep, and the sheep would actually follow his voice. And so what's so significant about the shepherd going ahead of them is that he can see the way that they should go. 
We know it's in Psalm 23, right? He, he leads me into still waters. He leads me beside still pastures. He, he guides me through the valley of the shadow of the death. Of death. So the shepherd goes before us, and he sees the way that he should go. He sees, okay, there's an obstacle there. Come, guys, let's go this way. Or there's danger there. Don't go that way because this is going to happen to you. And so it's the dynamic relationship that we have as sheep with our shepherd that he wants to lead us. Not only does he lead us at that point of salvation out of darkness, but now as we walk this life with him, he's constantly leading us. He, he's, he never stops being the shepherd. He never stops being the shepherd of our souls. He's constantly concerned over our welfare. When you awake, when you're asleep, when you go to work, when you go to university, when you go to, to church, whatever it is, the shepherd is always before you. I'm reminded of a testimony. Quite a couple of years ago, there was a, a couple in the church, and so she said she takes the same route to work like every morning, like drops the kids off, and then at this point, I think it was somewhere near Musgrave Road, she goes straight, and she, she goes that way to work. And so this one morning, she was driving, and she just felt the voice of God saying, don't go straight, turn left now. And she's like, uh, okay, and she just turns left, like, like almost like in a sharp turn, and as, as she turns, like there's a car behind her, goes ahead, and the car comes from the other side, bah, accident, and it takes out that car. What happened? The, the shepherd went before her to lead her, and he said, the shepherd said, guys, or he said to her, there's a, there's a car accident coming, I don't want you to be part of that, turn left now. So he, by his voice, he led her in the way that she should go. And she obeyed, and she avoided the car accident. And so, this is a daily occurrence. Not the car accident, but the, <laughs> the shepherd of our soul. Him wanting to lead us. He wants to lead us in every single detail of our lives. And so, just as the sheep listening to the voice of the shepherd is a way of life for them, so it should be for us. This should be a daily implementation of our lives where we are listening for the voice of the shepherd. Mm. Father, which way would you have me go today? Father, what would you have me say today? Father, who would you like me to speak to today? It's having my antennas up constantly to be able to hear his voice and to be able to hear his direction. In Proverbs chapter 3 verse 6, I want to read it from the message version and it says this, Jonathan's going to put it up. There we go. Listen for God's voice in everything you do. Everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. I read again. Listen for God's voice in everything you do. Everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. Probably the best example of this, and it's something we've spoken of before, so we're not going to go into detail would be the life of Joshua, right? If you've read the book of Joshua and God tells him to go into this promised land and to conquer the land, from chapter one all the way to chapter 20, you see this dialogue between Joshua and God. And it's, it's like this, and God said, cross over the Jordan River. And so Joshua would hear the voice of God and he would follow the voice of God and he would gain a victory, right? Everyone remember that from the book of Joshua? No? Yes, you're allowed to talk, it's fine. <laughs> you know, if you haven't read that, I encourage you to do so. Just look out for that in the book of Joshua constantly. It says, and the Lord said to Joshua, 
Next chapter. And the Lord said to Joshua. Next chapter. And the Lord said to Joshua. And so he walked out practically this thing of following the voice of the shepherd. And the shepherd led him and he gave him divine strategies on how to overcome his enemy. Like I think it was the one city, AR, right? So he says, okay, you stay here and you send some guys behind the city, right? And then they'll come out to, to beat you because they beat you like that before. And when they see you coming, these guys in the front, you turn away and run. And they will draw all the men out the city. But once they come all out the city, tell the guys in the back to go into the city and burn it. And then once the city is burned, these guys are going to look back. They're going to see the smoke. And then you guys make a sandwich. And then you get them. This is the voice of God. This is the shepherd leading him in the way he should go. So Joshua obeys. And that's exactly what happened. As like per to the word which God spoke. These guys, it happened. You know, and so the, the father knows. He's omniscient. He's all-knowing. He knows what's best for us. He knows the way forward for us. Another good example would be the person of Jesus Christ. Very famous words, I only do that which I see the Father doing. I only say that which I hear from the Father. And so Jesus lived his life. He is the shepherd, but he modeled what it was like to be a sheep too. He is, is very, like we read there in the message, he's can you put it up there again? It's just like everything you do, everywhere you go, that was Jesus. He would wake up in the morning and he would be following the voice of God. That's why he could be in ministry for three years and make the biggest impact on mankind that any person has ever made in the history of, of earth. In three years, he turned the whole world upside down. Why? Because he was listening. Because he was hearing. Because he was following the voice of the shepherd. And so it's up to us to, to, to follow the example of Joshua, to follow the example of Jesus, to walk in the footsteps of the shepherd as he leads us out, not only from our salvation, but in this life that we walk now. And so inevitably, when we teach on the voice of God, it comes to this. And it says that there is a misconception in the church that some believers hear the voice of God and others do not. And there may be even some of you sitting here this morning, you say, well, that's lovely, Lloyd, but I don't hear the voice of God. And I want to encourage you this morning that that is not true. I don't see where in John 10, verse 3 or verse 4, where it says, some of the sheep hear his voice, or the mature sheep, or the holy sheep, the well-dressed sheep. It doesn't say that. Every single sheep can hear his voice. And if you are saved this morning, that means you have the ability to hear his voice. And so what the enemy does, he uses it as a tool of discouragement. They say, oh, look at these guys. They can hear the voice of God. But I'm, you know, he doesn't speak to me, so I'm not as great a Christian as they are. You know? And we, he, we beat ourselves up with the discouragement that comes from the enemy. And that's his tactic behind it. But it's not true. And I want to show you something interesting. If you go back a couple of pages to John chapter 6, in verse 44 
to 45, it says this. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they will all be taught by God. And listen to this. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. The very fact that you are saved this morning means that you heard the voice of God. You cannot get saved without the Father calling to you. And the thing is, you don't lose that ability. Once you are saved, that ability doesn't like, he doesn't like, okay, I just gave it to you for a moment. Now it's going to go away. And now I've predestined you to hear my voice. And some of you are predestined not to hear. No, it's a, it's a, it's a gift that he gives to the believer. It's a gift that he gives to the sheep. And so we, we, we heard the voice of God when we got saved, and therefore we are able to continue to hear the voice of God. And I want you to think about this. If you were able to hear the voice of God when you were unsaved, how much more will you be able to hear the voice of God now that you are saved? And so the issue when we talked about that misconception that some hear the voice of God, some don't, it's not that we actually don't or do hear the voice of God. It's that we don't or do recognize the voice of God. A good description would be, it's kind of like old school. I don't even know if you get radios anymore. No, you do. You still get radio stations. <laughs> but I remember back in the day, I was born in the 80s, right? So we had the radio, and you could choose if you wanted AM or if you wanted FM. So there were some AM stations. I think you only get FM these days. And there were some stations were on FM. So I remember back in the day, it was like Radio 5. Every Saturday morning, we'd wake up and put on Radio 5. You know? <laughs> it was like the top 20 or something. Like, I don't know. Anyway, you couldn't catch Radio 5 if you were on AM. It was like a little switch, little dial, then you have to switch over to FM. And so we on AM, expecting God to speak on our frequency, but He's speaking on FM. And so really it's just to recognize the channel, recognize the wavelength He's, walk, he's, he's talking on. And so something very interesting in John chapter 10 that we see here, and I want to point out to you, in 10 verse 3 it says this, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Then verse 4 says, when he has brought out all his own, he's brought us out from that place of the lost, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him. And listen to this, for the sheep know his voice. So first, in that place of unbelief, the sheep hear his voice. And now in this place where we begin to walk with the Lord, the word changes there. He doesn't say the sheep hear my voice. He says the sheep know my voice. The Amplified gives a bit more definition to this, and it says this, when he has brought out all his own, or when he has brought out all his own sheep outside, he walks on ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice and recognize his call. And so once we are saved, we have this wonderful privilege of growing in recognizing the voice of God. And as we walk with Him more and more and more, 
we begin to recognize, we begin to know His voice, we begin to know how He speaks to me. What does His voice sound like to me? So that when He speaks, I can follow. You know, when we first get saved, it's like it's a big thing, like hearing the voice of God. And we, we go on this journey, like discovering, and I remember I would like ask God questions. And so I drive into a, a parking lot and I was like, Father, you know where the parking is. Show me the color of the car that I should look for. And there will be a parking next there. So I drive into the parking lot and I hear the color blue. So I look for a blue car and I'll just drive towards the blue car. Guaranteed every single time. As I get there, car pulls up and I go in. Next time I go to the parking lot, color, Father, what color? Green. Okay, green car. Ah, oh, there's a green car. Drive towards the green car. Boom, parking space. You know? And so we learn to recognize how he speaks. And so when you think about dialogue, right, when you think about communication, it brings us back to this word called relationship. Because that's really the foundation, it's the basis of relationship, is this communication, is this back and forth. It's a, it's a, it's a very like, important foundation of, of any relationship with any single person. And so it is with the Father. And so the more I grow in my relationship with Him, the more I dialogue with Him. The more I, I speak to Him, and the more He speaks to me. The more I speak to Him, the He begins to know me. The more I speak to Him, the more He speaks to me, the more I begin to know Him. The more I begin to recognize His voice. And so, in growing in our recognition of God's voice, the first thing that we can point out is that to recognize Him better is we need to grow in our relationship with Him more. We need to grow in our intimacy with Him more. If I wake up in the morning and I spend five minutes talking to God and He gets like one word in and that's it for 24 hours and I just do the same the next morning, that's not going to bring me closer to Him. That's not intimacy. That's not relationship. That's like, it's just dialogue. And so, I don't know him because I'm not letting him speak to me. I get to know him through his voice. He doesn't appear in a form. He doesn't say, hey, he doesn't like, like Aladdin, you know, the genie pops out. says, hey, dude, let's go for ice cream, you know, and let's go, let's go drive a car, and I can see the things. He, no, he doesn't do that. He reveals himself through what he speaks. He reveals his nature through his voice. And so I need to hear his voice. I need to be pursuing relationship. I need to be pursuing intimacy with him so that I can grow in recognition of his voice in order to know him better. And so probably my favorite person in the Bible is a really good example, and it's Moses, right? If you guys read, hopefully you have, like Exodus, Numbers, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, the intricacy of like the details that God gives to Moses. I'll give you an example. Let me, let's read Exodus chapter 30. It's like, you know, we, we hear the voice of God. It's like, I think God says this, you know, it's like kind of a bit confusing, but I'm not so sure, you know. And so we kind of have some clarity on some things. We don't really have clarity on others. But the clarity of the voice of God of Moses for like chapter upon chapter upon chapter is just like, it's absolutely astounding. Like Moses is just there, like God's speaking to him. He's just writing. 
So like, here's a good example. Chapter 30, verse 1. This is God speaking to Moses. It says, You shall make an altar on which to burn incense. You shall make it of acacia wood. A cubit shall be its length, and a cubit shall be its breadth. It shall be square, and two cubits shall be its height. Its horn shall be of one piece. I mean, the detail. Yeah, it's just like, and like I said, it's, it's not just Exodus 30. It's like the whole of Leviticus. Like half of the book of Exodus is like this fine detail. It's like paragraph upon paragraph. I mean, some Moses has heard the voice, more words from God than all of us collected together in this place. It's insane. The clarity and the recognition of his voice. But it comes to this, I believe. Exodus chapter 33, verse 7 to 11. Now Moses used to take the tent and pitch it outside the camp, far off from the camp, and he called it the tent of meeting. And everyone who sought the Lord would go out to the tent of meeting, which was outside the camp. Whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people would rise up, and each would stand at his tent door and watch Moses until he had gone into the tent. When Moses entered the tent, the pillar of cloud would descend and stand at the entrance of the tent, and the Lord would speak with Moses. And when all the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, all the people would rise up and worship each at his tent door. Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face, just as a man speaks to his friend. When Moses turned again into the camp, his assistant Joshua, the son of Nun, the young man would not depart from the tent. And so Moses' intimacy with God was considered by God as friendship. It was the highest level of intimacy that man can attain, and it's available for us. But it's from this place of intimacy that he would hear the voice of God. If you go to Exodus chapter 34, verse 34, it says this, Whenever Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he would remove the veil until he came out. And when he came out and told the people of Israel what he was commanded, the, the people of Israel would see the face of Moses, that the skin of Moses' face was shining, and Moses would put the veil over his face again until he went in to speak with him. So the, 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 the tent of meeting, practically it was just like this tent, you know, like Israel in the wilderness, they would move from place to place. It was a literal tent that they would, like, Assemble, then disassemble, and then move, assemble, disassemble, and move, disassemble, disassemble. But it was this place of intimacy when Moses used to encounter the presence of God, when Moses used to encounter the Lord. And not only was it a place of intimacy, but it was a place of communication where Moses would receive instruction from God. We see in Exodus 34, he would speak with God, and God would say, Moses, I want you to do X, Y, and Z. You say, okay, Lord, leave the tent. Say, hey, guys, God wants us to do this. We're going there to that mountain over there. Uh, tomorrow by sunrise, we're moving that way. So he lived in this place of the shepherd and the sheep, following the dynamic voice of the Father. But it came, or rather, he had access to it because of his intimacy with God. I want to show you a really wild scripture. It's really cool. Numbers chapter 7, verse 89, says this. And when Moses went into the tent of meeting to speak with the Lord, 
He heard the voice speaking to him from above the mercy seat that was on the ark of the testimony from between the two cherubim, and it spoke to him. In the tent of meeting, there was this box, what we would call the ark of the covenant. And it was where God's presence remained amongst the people of Israel. And so it was for him that he would always be with his people. So if they would go to that mountain there or to that land there, the presence of God would be with them. But here we see in Numbers chapter 7, it gives us a glimpse of what was happening inside the tent. Is that Moses was approaching the, the presence of God. And it was from his presence that God spoke to Moses. And so, I got a question for you this morning, or two questions. The first one is this. Does God still dwell in a box? No. Second question, if not in a box, where does the presence of God dwell now? Be brave. <laughs> Michelle, <laughs> the presence of God dwells in us. So, what does that make me? What does that make you? The tent of meeting. Amen. You and I are the place of intimacy. You are the place from which the Father seeks to fellowship with you. And it's from His presence within you that He speaks. And I think it's, got, it's, it's, it's really helpful when we're talking about recognizing the voice of God because so often we, we look upward and we look outward l looking for the voice of God. Or He's going to send an angel or you know, the audible voice of God is going to come. He does do those things, but they're phenomenal. They're rare. It reminds me of Elijah, if you guys know the story in 1 Kings chapter 19, which is Elijah's hidden in the cave, and it says this strong, there's, there's like an earthquake that comes, and there's a fire that comes, and there's a strong wind that comes, and it says, and God wasn't in the earthquake. He wasn't in the fire. He wasn't in the wind. But it says, it was a small, still whisper, and God was in the whisper. And so, when we're talking about recognizing the voice of God, we can recognize the source of the voice of the Lord as the presence of God within us. I got a, if you don't know, I've got a four-year-old daughter in Sunday school, they teach her, which is very correct, that Jesus lives in your heart. So I shared this at the community on Wednesday. So before we go to sleep at night, I'm teaching her to hear the voice of God. So we'll read our book, and then we'll say, we call it the sleepy prayer, pray the prayer, and then I'll get her to ask Jesus questions. So it's so funny. So she'll look at, she'll look at her heart. And she'll go, so I'll say, ask Jesus, which is his favorite animal. So she'll look at her, Jesus, which is your favorite animal? And, and, then, and then I'll say, what did he say? She said, no, he said he loves all the animals because he made all of them. You know? And so it's like, it's cute, but it's actually true. <laughs> we like, like I said, we're like, God, please speak to me. Like, you know, we're like waiting for the, this thing to come from somewhere. 
to speak to us, but the voice is here. The voice is already inside of me, so we, we've got to recognize it's His presence in us, it's His Spirit in us through which He communicates to us. And so the more I seek relationship with Him and make this a tent of meeting, the more I will recognize His voice. So I pursue intimacy, I pursue Him, and I will begin to recognize His voice better. How else can we grow in recognizing His voice? Is through the Word. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 says this. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. All Scripture is breathed out by God. Some scriptures say, or sorry, rather, some translations say that all Scripture is inspired by God. In other words, what, Timothy, what Paul is saying is that when the guys who were writing the Bible wrote it, they didn't write their own words. They wrote what they heard. Just like it's exactly the same thing with, with Moses, right? All those, all those fine details of the tent and the, and the cubits and all that stuff. He wrote what he heard. And so this Bible is not the words of man. This is the words of God. Literally. It is the word, the spoken word of God penned down on paper. And so if I want to recognize what his voice sounds like, very simply, the more I read the word, the more I will recognize his voice. I recognize his tone. I recognize the, what they call the inflictions of his voice. Simply by reading the word. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, again talking about the written word, talking about this Bible, your Bible, says the word of God is living and active. This isn't, this book is supernatural. We have to understand that. This book is not like any other book. You can go to the library and get a book. This isn't one of those books. This is the living voice. His voice is alive in these pages. That's how Jesus would say, if you have ears, we talked about it last week, if you have ears to hear, hear. Hear what he's saying. That's why I always pray for you, like every single time I preach, I pray open up the eyes of our understanding, open up our ears so that we can hear. He's speaking through his word. He wants to speak to us. He wants to engage us through his word. He wants us to hear him through his word. And so the more I read his word, the more I hear him. The more I hear him, the more I know him and recognize his voice. And the thing is, if I'm not hearing him here, I'm going to struggle to hear him here. I've noticed in my own life in, in those seasons where it's just like I can really have time to spend lots of time in the Word, lots of time reading my Bible, getting into the Word. 
in those seasons, I hear him so much more clearly through my inner man, through his presence that dwells within him. And so this, this word, the voice, the living voice found in this living book, it, it's, it's, the, it's the foundation and it's of utmost importance when it comes to recognizing the voice of God. And it also, it's really good because it serves almost like what we call like a plumb line where I can measure what I'm hearing in my spirit, man. See, because what I hear here must always line up with what I hear here. Because we read it just now, John 10 verse 5, and when you get into it, there, there are other voices. And so if I'm not, if I can't recognize his voice here, I'm not going to recognize it here. And then something's going to speak here and I'm going to think it's him. And I don't know the difference because I'm not experiencing his voice here. And so that's why we get this, what we call like a, this tension or this balance, word-based, spirit-moved. Because you can be very spirit-moved and never read your Bible, but then very deceived. That is the truth. So there must be this tension between the two where we are, we are pursuing the Holy Spirit, we, 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 we seek the manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit, the move, the revival, all that stuff. But if I'm not recognizing His voice here, guaranteed it's going to get flaky. Next thing, like, Stephen's going to come up, <laughs> come up to the offering, guys, God said, whoever touches that fan first, you know, is going to be blessed. You know, so now we're all climbing up the wall and swinging on the fan. It's like, God told me to stand on my head. Chew bubble gum. You know, it's like, we do weird things because we're not, it's like, there's a counterfeit voice. I read in John chapter 10, verse 5. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. In other words, there is a strange voice. And part of recognizing the voice of God is being able to discern between the strange voice and the voice of the Father. The more we walk with the Father, the more we will recognize His voice and identify the voice of a stranger. So there's actually three voices we know. We hear our own voice, right? 1 Corinthians 2 verse 11 says, like no one knows the thoughts of a man except the man himself. And so like you consider, yeah, I'm looking at Ryan, Ryan's like nodding his head. He's like, hmm, I wonder if I'm gonna get someone that's Mother's Day brownies, you know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so his, his voice is speaking to him. We have our own voice. As we've read, as we've gone through, there's the voice of the Father, there's the voice of the shepherd leading us. But then there's the voice of the enemy. And so we have to discern between the two. And so the first thing that we can, or the first way in which we can identify or discern between the two is that the voice of the Father will always line up with Scripture. And the voice of the enemy doesn't. Um, Genesis, right? 
God said, do not eat of the tree of the fruit of the knowledge, fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Sneaky guy comes, right? Did God really say that you should not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for in the day you shall die? And so what he does, whenever the enemy speaks, he brings a counterfeit. He speaks in violation of the scriptures. He speaks in violation of that which God has already spoken. So, if you, I don't know, you have a temptation to get drunk or something, right? God, is it okay if I get drunk? Yes, mate, it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Do not get drunk with wine. Okay. Something's wrong. He's speaking in violation to the scriptures. And again, that's what comes back to the Bible. It comes back to the living word. To know what he's spoken so that when I hear the voice, I know it's him. John 8, verse 44. Jesus is rebuking the Pharisees. Again, lovely. But then he says this, You are of your father, the devil. He is the father of lies. He cannot tell the truth because truth is not in him. He's been speaking lies from the beginning. And so we know this, that whenever the enemy speaks, he speaks lies. He cannot speak truth. And so the strange voice will always seek to deceive you. The strange voice will always seek to lie to you. But then again, it comes back to this plumb line. It comes back to this measuring line called the Word of God. But if I'm not reading my Bible, I'm just going to be, like it says, the, the strange voice comes to just as the shepherd would lead us and we would follow him, the strange voice seeks to do the same. The strange voice calls us, hey, walk this way. And I'm like, wow, that must be God because this is just like amazing. All these, this girl's so hard. This is crazy. Oh, thank you. you know? And so I'm just following the strange voice because I, can't, I haven't learned to recognize the voice of the Lord here in order to recognize the voice of the Lord here. So that would be the first way to discern between the two. Second one we spoke of last week in Romans chapter 10, verse 17. It says, when God speaks, the voice of the Lord releases faith, right? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord, the spoken word, the rhema word of God. So whenever God speaks to me, he releases faith. The opposite of that would be that whenever the enemy speaks, he releases fear. So if you're hearing a voice that's producing fear in your life, that's producing fear in your heart, judge it. Because that's not the fruit of the voice of God. That's not the fruit of the voice of the Father. I've told this testimony before, but there's some of you that haven't heard it. So before we had our first child, we had a, a miscarriage, right? My wife's in the back, if you can ask her. So you know, we had been trying for quite a while, and it was disheartening when that happened. And then a couple, they said, the doctor said, you must wait a couple of months and then try again. And so we did that, and I came home from work the one day, and then Maggie just put like a little thing on the floor, like it was like a picnic thing, with the test and the flower and all. You know, just like, so I walked, and I was like, oh, yes, this is cool. 
And he's like, guess what, I'm pregnant. And immediately, the voice of the stranger came. And, and I heard it like a whisper. And it's like, it's going to happen again. And as I heard the voice of the stranger, fear, just like fear gripped my heart. I was like, oh, no, no, not again, Lord, this can't happen again. And it was, it's almost strange to explain it because it happened all at the same time. Because I heard the voice of the stranger and I felt the fear, but like a millisecond later, I heard the voice of God. And he spoke scripture to me. And he spoke the word and he said, I rebuke the devourer for your sake. And it's like, as he said it, it's like the faith disappeared. I'm not the faith. Let's go, man. As the father spoke, fear disappeared. Faith came from the father's voice, and it just drowned. It's like it was like almost like water, just washed away. That fear that came through the voice of the enemy. So when we're learning to recognize the voice, is that the voice of the stranger brings fear, but the voice of the father, the voice of the shepherd, will bring hope. It'll bring encouragement. It'll bring faith. And that's what I love about the Father. It's like, it can be like the most shocking circumstance, the most like hectic thing you could face. And he always speaks the end. He always speaks the hope that is to come. Like he doesn't say like, oh no, yes, this is so bad. Sorry, you're just going to suffer now. You're going to get depressed. You're going you know, to get anxiety. You're going to break your arms. He doesn't speak that. He speaks life. He speaks hope. He speaks encouragement. And so when you're faced with a circumstance and his voices are coming at you, and if they are negative in their nature, discern. Say, that's not the voice of the shepherd. Turn away from it. Good shepherd, what would you have to say to me today? And more often than not, He'll speak a scripture. He'll speak from this voice into this voice. And the scripture will rattle up. It's like, ah. Oh. And that scripture, that voice, the word of God will bring comfort in that moment. And like I said, it'll bring you, give you hope and strength and ability to move on. The next thing, or the next way in which we can discern between the two is in Revelation 12, verse 10, it says, the enemy is the accuser of the brethren. And so when the enemy speaks, when the strange voice speaks to you, you can recognize it by its accusing tone. Because he always seeks to condemn. You know, you make one mistake. Oh, you're not worthy enough. You're not good enough. Don't even read your Bible. Don't even go to church. How can you call yourself a Christian? He always condemns. He always accuses. He always seeks to undermine. And so when that voice comes, recognize it, that the Father will never, ever speak to you like that. The Father will always speak life. He will always remind us, there is now therefore no condemnation. He will say, I mean, it's like, always blows my mind. It's like, you can mess up and you can make a really big mistake. God will walk up to you and say, you're still worthy. 
You're still holy. I still love you. You're still accepted. Never, ever will he say, oh, sorry, that was the last time. That was, I gave you three strikes, you're out. Disqualified, go somewhere else. Go sit in the corner. I'm not going to speak to you anymore. Never, ever. It's the prodigal son, right? Ultimate betrayal of a son to a father. That, that whole thing of selling the inheritance would it, it translate to being as like, I wish you were dead. You're as good as dead to me. Just give me the money. I don't care about you. Breaks off relationship with the father. Goes and squanders all that wealth. Comes to his senses. Where, where's the father? He says, the father is standing, looking, waiting. Not stewing in his chair. Oh, little bugger, if he comes back, I'm going to show him his boss. It's not the father's heart. He says he's waiting, he's looking down the road. When's my son coming back? He sees the son coming. He says he... The, <laughs> those... <laughs> the... Because <laughs> with Gabriel, I want to read these Bible, I've got these books, it's like all these different Bible stories. Daddy, why are, the, why are the men wearing dresses? Because <laughs> they all had these robes. I don't know when, I don't know when pants were invented, but anyway, they never had them. You know, and so it says, the father picked up his <laughs> dress or his robe and said, what? Tunic. Tunic, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Tied it around his waist and he ran towards the sun. He embraced him. He kissed him. It says he put a new robe on and he put a, a, a signatory a, like ring on his finger. He's saying, you are my son. Then he went back to the house and he made this huge celebration. He said, let's celebrate. My son who was lost is now found. That's the heart of the father. He didn't stand there and say, well, I told you. You know, now, like the, the, the boy even came and says, just make me a servant. It's like, I'll, I'll do anything. I'll just go live down. Out there, outside somewhere, just make me a servant. The father said, no, that's not my heart. I always love. I always redeem. And so God's, no matter what you do wrong, God will always redeem. And his voice will always be one of redemption. And so if the enemy is speaking to you and he's, con he's condemning you, and if you're sitting here this morning and you think you're not good enough, or you're not worthy enough, or you're not holy enough, that is a lie from the pit of hell. That is not the voice of the Father. The Father accepts you. The Father loves you. The Father has put a, 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 a cloak on you and called you His son. He's called you His daughter, and He will never disown you. And He will never change His mind about you. And He will always speak life into you. He will always speak good things over you. My, you are my beloved son. You are my beloved daughter in whom I am well pleased. That is the voice of the father. That is the voice of the shepherd. And that is how we will recognize his voice. What is the fruit? What is the fruit of your emotions when you hear the voice of the stranger or the voice of the shepherd? Discern between the two. Jesus, John chapter 10, I have come that they may have life. The voice of the shepherd brings life. 
The enemy comes to steal, to kill and destroy. The voice of the stranger brings death. Emotional death, spiritual death, whatever it is. He, he's, he, like he said, it's just, his words are poison. Full of lies. Full of deceit. It's, it's just like... But Jesus is the voice of life. Jesus is the voice of hope. Jesus is the voice of redemption. The last one is this, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 33. It says, God says, I'm not the author of confusion. When the enemy speaks, he seeks to bring confusion. That word confusion means to be unsettled or unstable, not sure. And you've got this imbalance in your mind and in your body and you just get these random thoughts in my head and I don't know what's going on. That's not the father. That's not the shepherd. The shepherd speaks clearly. When he speaks, he speaks peace. He speaks shalom. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. He speaks wholeness. He he, he speaks a clear path. He doesn't say, go this way, but if it doesn't work out, go this way, then go that way, go that way. He says, this is the way. Walk in it. And then he guides us every single step of the way on how to walk out that, that, that direction, that route that the shepherd is leading us into. And in that place, I always try say to people, they said, I don't know if this is God. It's like, well, do you have peace in your heart? Because peace is our umpire. And if, I have, if I'm hearing something and I have peace about it, it's God. But if there's a little bit of doubt, a little bit of confusion, then you need to test it. You need to wait on it. Father, I need you to confirm what you're saying, if this is you. But peace, when he speaks, he releases peace. And so I want to encourage you, maybe you, you've been born again for a short time, maybe you've been born again for a long time. But there's never a time when we stop growing in our recognition of the voice of the Father. There's never a time when we stop and we say, okay, well, I've got it, Lord, I've graduated from hearing the voice of God's seminary. Um, let's move on to more meaty things. And we go and do our own thing. It's like we never graduate from hearing the voice of God. I don't know if any of you have heard the voice of God like Moses yet. If you haven't, well then, you've got some time, got some way to go. All of us have got a way to go. And so, be humble. Be the sheep. Live by following His voice. It's not a place of weakness. It's a place of design. We are designed to live by following his voice. We're designed to live by recognizing the voice of the shepherd. And when we do that, we will be victorious in our life. So don't say like, oh, I've got it. I can do this my own way. No, do it his way. Even if you've done it a thousand times before and he says, no, no, do this. Listen to him. Because he's a good shepherd. And he's leading you into goodness. Amen.
Let me pray for you. Father, we just, we thank you for your living voice, Lord. We thank you that you are alive amongst us, that you're alive in this place. God, I thank you that you're not an idol that is silent. You're not distant, you're not far off, but you're near us, you're in us. And Lord, I thank you that you're so intricately interested in every detail of our life, Lord God. Lord, your word says that you know when we wake up, you know when we go to sleep, you know the number of hairs on our head. You know the, the words we're going to speak before we speak them. Father, you know us. And Father, I thank you your desire is for us. That Lord, it's, it's not just a good title of a chapter, but you are the good shepherd. You are the good shepherd of our souls. And Father, I ask that you would train us and teach us to be your sheep. As we quoted Psalm 103, it says, you, you, we, you are our God and we are your people. You are the sheep. We are the sheep of your pasture. And Father, we ask that you would teach us to recognize your voice as the sheep, to recognize the voice of the shepherd, to know you, God. And Father, to, to put these just very practical things into implementation, Lord God, to grow in our recognition of you, God. And so we just honor you. We bless you again. We thank you for your voice. And I pray over every single person, Lord, that we would grow in our ability to hear, grow in our ability to recognize. Father, I thank you that each one would hear the voice of God clearly, accurately, and without confusion and without doubt. Lord, we just declare that over your people now in the name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we just bless you and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.